I'd like to thank Mr. Turku Gatso for setting up this uh, fine meeting between the heads of the five networks. Now, you all know them. From NBC, Don Barzini. From CBS, Philip Tattaglia. The president of ABC, Victor Straki. And from PBS, Raymond J. Saloga. And, of course, you all know me. I'm Guy Caballero, owner and president of the SCTV Network. Uh, Mr. Ogazzo, you have our undivided attention. When? Per favore. Don Cavaliero, the heads of the Fod Network. This is my offer. Pay TV. The wave of the future. These are the profit statements from HBO, Showtime, Ted Turner. Look them over for yourselves, you see. These are some handsome profits. That's just the tip of the iceberg. We can have it all. What I need from each of you is one million dollars so we can start our own pay TV operation to be named Ugats, the home vision. <laughs> Don't laugh, buddy! Having a good time shooting star leaping through the sky everybody and welcome to the Nightfly with your host Dave Juskow on a beautiful February evening late February early March the crappy months as we all like to call them where nothing happens until we wait until Memorial Day and the summer begins and maybe we have a wonderful summer and summer plans and things to do and you know the sun stays out longer and we can be people again, like normal people, and have fun and games and frolic, whatever and whatever we do. I'm still obsessed with this song because I just heard it. I just said so. I am recording this at midnight on Sunday night after the Oscars. I waited to uh, bring you a podcast after the Oscars were completed because you can't do an Oscar show with predictions and stuff. And then have another show being like, well, I didn't watch the Oscars yet. I mean, just it's just not right. And um, because I ended up winning today, I'm in a festive move to start the podcast at midnight, which normally I would never do. Because, you know, I like doing it in the day. I could have done it all weekend long. I did nothing this weekend. But I chose to wait until after the Oscars were completed. And then they had a, a, a thing for American Idol, for the new American Idol. And they sang this song with all the kids. And I'm like... Damn, see, everybody's on top of this song. This song's unbelievable. It's in my head. 
right, so here we are, the end of February 2019, waiting for things to happen and, uh, I don't know, stuff to do, whatever, I don't know what we're doing. Everything's out of control, right? I mean, don't stop me now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, yeah, so, okay, I played that song, and... Um, I think we're starting, right? I, I don't know. I guess I'm all uh, a little over the place. I don't know what's happening. I'm confused. I know I'm recording. I don't know whether it's because I'm tired or I'm not tired. I can't decide. But, uh, yeah, so the Oscars are finished. Let's work backwards today. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what happened today. The Oscars are finished. Green Book beat out that horrible Roma. As you know, I say, you know, now after I listened to my last podcast uh, in its entirety, I... And you could see by the end of the podcast, I was like, well, maybe Roma's not so bad. But, And I really wouldn't care either way if um, it won Best Picture or not. But I'm glad it didn't. And I'm glad Green Book won because I bet money on it. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, so some pretty sweet magic. And I ended up winning about $700. As I oft to do with my Oscar picks, I'm very, very good. But... There weren't any standouts like there was that one year where I knew which documentary short was going to win. Plus, I had some problems. Now, I guess I'll just tell you from the beginning what happened today. Um, And then, of course, I will regale you with stories of a Tuesday night and the Oscars special, the Juskies, on Tuesday night at the Village Underground. And our next show on March 26th. 6th, Tuesday, March 26th, the Final Four show, which is actually all set uh, with uh, now all four comedians. And the question is, do I get four unknowns? Is that what I'm going to do? The Final Four show, March 26th, at the Village Underground, we are talking about Rachel Feinstein. Uh, She's funny when she does a lot of sports gibberish. Lenny Marcus, who uh, I don't... Did I tell you guys about that I... Saw him and Mateo. Did we talk about? No, what? I'm not sure if I did. If we, because we were together with um, Memo and uh, Scotty last week. So I actually went down to the underground to support my two friends that I like. I'm trying to do that more with comics and people that I like. So I went down to go see Mateo. He did an hour long show at seven o'clock at night, at uh, right above the Village Underground, the P- P- Big Pussycat. Uh, he was really terrific. Then I went downstairs right after that, and I saw Lenny Marcus record his album, do another. He did like an hour, and no, he did like an hour also, and uh, he was really great. So, um, having him on my show, uh, he also works for the New York Giants, and I've had him on this show before, and he's been a good friend for a long time. I was just at his wedding two years ago, and I was just at Rachel's wedding last year. So, it's he, uh, my two new newly married friends are on the show, uh, Sam Morell, because he's a sports guy. And um, Christy Stefano, because he's a sports guy. So it's a sports-themed show this time to coincide with the NCAA basketball Final Four. Because, you know, i got to come up with something. I was supposed to do Annie, but um, the girl we were going to do it with, it just, it just the timing wasn't right. And I wasn't sure what was happening, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And quite frankly, I'm not sure if I should do any of those shows anymore because... I keep selling out these other shows, and people just like comedy, as we've talked about before, which is why I get so angry, you know, that I can't do anything else with the music and everything, but as long as you get the comics, you got four comics, do 15 minutes, I think everybody's happy. I do believe everybody enjoyed the show. 
I'll get back into it in a second. Let's talk about the Oscars. Now, last week, I told you all my picks where you can make money. I sat here. All right, all right. Let's take it one at a time. All week long, I was trying to build a bankroll with my regular bookie that has all the awards listings so I, because they took down my my usual credit because I haven't paid in a long time and I owe about three grand. It's pretty bad. It's really bad. It's not usually that much. And um, so I was trying to build a bankroll. I mean, you know, because I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot and I'm trying to bet on sports and blah, blah, blah. And I lost pretty much, uh, I think they gave me credit in a 375. I lost it all. So I could not bet my usual Oscar stuff with my bookies. I would have bet uh, Best Documentary Short, I think it was, right? Best Documentary No, 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 Best, yeah. No, 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 I'm wrong. It was, uh, what what was it? That, that Skin and Marguerite and, oh, yeah, yeah, Best Live Action Short Film. I would have taken Skin at plus 200, which won, um, but I didn't have the money because you know, I couldn't bet with my guys. Uh, you know, a bunch of things, uh, best production design, you know, I wanted to take, uh, Black Panther, it won, couldn't bet it because I did not, they, you know, I did not, I didn't have the money with my guys, but the Meadowlands had Oscar betting. They just did not have the all 24 categories like my guys have, but they had about 15 categories and so when i knew i didn't have any money i mean this is how messed up this is but i was very depressed this weekend i was very depressed i don't even know i mean i guess suppose some of it was financial there's some work stuff and uh i I don't know i just wasn't feeling good and i hadn't leave i didn't leave the house it all started on friday night things got bad i got confused i don't know what was happening i mean i know i was depressed because when i came home i ordered a shitload of mcdonald's from Uber Eats, ate every goddamn thing, and it was horrible. It was, I mean, it was delicious, but uh, I know that was depression eating. I mean, I just know it. And then I woke up Saturday, and I was just like, I don't even have any plans. So I did nothing. And then today, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to New Jersey. I'm going to do this stupid, ridiculous thing. I am going to take the train the New Jersey Transit train to Secaucus just so I can make a bet on my phone. I'm not taking the car out of the garage. I'm not going to the Meadowlands. I'm going to use a stupid app, travel like five miles, and do it this way because I know I can bet on the Oscars this way because I got a problem. Now, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's not a great year for the Oscars for me. I don't have anything I love that I think could be an upset and I don't have a lot of money. You know, I'm having some money problems, right? But I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do it. And I'll put 250 bucks in and and take a chance. Um, so I went and took the stupid train. I mean, I took a subway to a train just to really turn around again. It's so ridiculous. I mean, I could do all the betting on the train. I mean, I'm probably in Jersey for 10 minutes. It's This is so stupid. I It's... It's like it's like going. It's like if I lived in, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Where's 
weed not legal anymore. I, you know, Arizona, and I just went over the border to California so I can buy weed. I mean, this is so stupid. It's unbelievable. Just make everything legal everywhere. What are you doing? Although that is the fun, isn't it? So I went to Secaucus, and wouldn't you know it, I got out of the thing, and I'm walking around. I'm just looking for a place where I can hang for a little bit. But then I realized the last train before I have to wait like an hour for the next one is in like 20 minutes. But I'm like, well, I can do this in 20 minutes. You know, I want to concentrate. But I had already concentrated on it. I knew what I was going to do. But I just wanted to make sure I spread the wealth around enough to, you know, more money on the ones I like and less on ones I'm just taking a risk on. And I, I, I mean, this is unbelievable. I was using the app, the FanDuel app, and it, froze my phone I, I mean I, I mean what are the odds of that happening it froze my phone the app where not only wouldn't the app work my phone didn't work I, I couldn't even get back to New York because I, I, I my tickets were on the app and I didn't have any cash I mean I had 10 bucks so I guess I could have gotten back home but I wasn't even thinking that way I'm like what am I gonna do I, I can't believe the phone's not working so I restarted it. The app still caused my phone to freeze. I mean, that. It, when does your phone freeze? Computers freeze all the time. But when does anyone's phone freeze? And I'm, of course, I'm like, it's a sign. It's a sign. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. I mean, that, that doesn't happen to anyone. And then finally, I, 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 put, I shut it off. I I put it back on, and and I'm chatting with the people. I'm like, is there something wrong with your app? They're like, no. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, make sure you have the latest. I'm like, why wouldn't I have the latest? I mean, it was ridiculous. And I'm like, well, now I got to wait an hour for the next train because I got to I gotta solve this issue. I, I mean, I, I came all the way out here. I got it. How can I, can I get to the Meadowlands from here? Can I walk? I mean, this is so stupid. Stupid. And I'm obsessed. I'm like, I got to make some bets. I always win the Oscars. I got to take a chance. So I uninstalled the app and installed it. And that seemed to do the trick. And so I put $250 on the Oscars today. Or this, you know, on Sunday. And uh, ended up winning... uh, 700 bucks. It was beautiful. I couldn't believe it. All the stuff I said on the show, it all worked out. I did everything I said I was going to do. I uh, I think the first one I won was the costume, Black Panther. Right? I put $10 on Mary, Queen of Scots. $10 because it paid $450. You take the risk. And then I put 75 uh, on Black Panther costume, paid 108 bucks. wasn't that big a deal, but I was really, really feeling good that it was going to win best costume because the costumes, you know, that's the thing too. If Mary Queen of Scots are the favorite, is supposed to be the best costume design, you know, people are assholes because that makes everyone an asshole because here's somebody who's making futuristic costumes that come from their mind. You take Mary Queen of Scots and the favorite, you're just doing costumes you can get out of a book. You're, you're imitating costumes that people had. 
that there's paintings of. If you do something like Black Panther, although there's a comic book, you're still doing stuff from imagination. How do you not win on that? That's pretty goddamn cool. So I was thinking, you know, I, we know they're giving Black Panther love. So let's take a risk on that. Totally worked out. Um, production design, I couldn't bet. I told you. Uh, the was, was the editing? What the, the editing. Because Bohemian Rhapsody ended up winning. And it was, damn it, yeah, we had it. Because it was supposed to be Vice all the way. And that was plus 600. They did not have that at the Meadowlands. But I probably wouldn't have bet it because Vice was so heavily favored. It was plus 600 bucks. It was an upset. That's why you got to have money. And I think that's why I, in my head, I was trying to bankroll to make a couple of, you know, crazy things happen. Um so then I took an, uh, you know, a chance on the Best Supporting Actress not being Regina King, it being that really hot girl from Roma. I, mean, I saw her out of costume. I mean, she looked amazing. Marina de Tevira. Uh, Ten bucks pays you 360 bucks. I took a chance on Best Actor with Sam Elliott. Ten bucks pays 160 bucks. I mean, you know, it was worth it because we knew Remy Malik was probably going to win, but why not, you know, just take a chance. There's a bunch of upsets like there was. For Best Actress. I must have said a hundred times, I'm not betting against Glenn Close. Glenn Close is the one, but there, there's always an upset. I just didn't think it would cover that one. Olivia Coleman ended up winning. She was plus 500 bucks at the beginning of last week. I mean, damn. But I wouldn't have guessed that. I, would, I really wouldn't have thought. That was one I didn't even bother looking at, you know? I mean, I was pretty sure Glenn Close was going to win. I'm pretty sure Glenn Close was sure she was going to win. Uh, the original score, remember, I took a chance on that one because the original score was if Beale Street could talk, I'm like, well, let me take 10 bucks on uh, Black Klansman. 10 bucks pays $100, but I put 50 bucks on Black Panther, paid $120. Nice. And then the big one that I was talking about where I felt I could really make some money, and I said about this in the pockets, visual effects. Now, they had this at the Meadowlands. Visual effects. Everybody said Avengers. But I knew if I took First Man, I could win big. And First Man, uh, for $50, paid $275. Damn, there it is. Sweet magic. Very excited. Best picture. Took a shot at Black Panther, 10 bucks wins you 150. But Green Book wins you 75 bucks. Boom. So all that combined, uh, I think I I think I told you everything. I uh, you know, I took some chances, but I had some feelings. Uh put $75 or $50 on certain things, and they paid off. Ended up winning about, I guess, 600 bucks all from what I put in or whatever it was. Um, so some sweet magic. I would have won on production design, but they didn't offer it. I could have won on skin. I definitely would have put money on skin. Um, and I can't... If Green Book original screenplay... No, the favorite was supposed to win. Green Book was plus 250, but I think that wasn't... They didn't have it. They didn't offer it at the, the Meadowlands. But the funny thing was, after all we were talking about, um, about the best documentary, I said nothing's going to beat RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Nothing's going to beat it. And the, and the weird part is... And, you know, Scotty was saying free solo, free solo, free solo is going to win. 
I'm like, that's impossible. And last week when we did the podcast, Free Solo was plus money. But by the time it came to showtime, uh, Free Solo was minus money. So it wasn't it wasn't worth it. You know, it wasn't worth taking a chance because you weren't getting the plus money. So I saw the I saw the movie. I'm like, that sounds pretty good with him climbing up the mountain and stuff. And um, it was okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm bored by everything now. I, I, I just wanted to. He wasn't climbing that mountain. If you ever get to see it, this free solo, he's climbing with a rope for half of the movie until he climbs without the rope. So then it's ironic. Then when he's climbing without the rope, it's anticlimactic. So it's stupid. The only saving grace, and they actually mention at the Oscars, is this ridiculous hot girlfriend he has who's so hot and totally into him. And they put her up on stage at the Oscars, and even the camera people were just going like, hey, you couldn't, we couldn't have done it out of you, that you made the movie. And she did. She really did make the movie. It was uh it was unbelievable. I I mean this this ridiculously hot girl who was just like i don't know it's hard to you know you want to think she's up to something and that's what makes it sexy but you see i think she really loves him or i don't know maybe she knows he's not going to last very long he's definitely going to fall sooner or later maybe she's after money I, i don't know but boy is she sexy i think she's australian too and she just came up to one of his book signings and it's uh where do you find those? But uh, that made the movie kind of fun. I guess you got to always have a girl, you know? Um, makes sense. <laughs> but the movie was okay. What else, what, what else did I see? Oh, yeah, you know what I saw? I saw Un- Unbreakable over the weekend, too. Never seen it before. Um, I don't know. I guess because I was going to watch that movie Glass. Uh, which looked entertaining that they combined that movie Unbreakable and Split. So I'm like, well, let me start with Unbreakable. It was all right. Really, it just was all right. Uh, I don't feel like I missed anything by not seeing it in the past 20 years. And um, uh, maybe the split will be better. I don't know. And then I'll see Glass so I can see the trilogy. Yeah, you got to start from the beginning, right? I guess. It's all pretty stupid. Um... But I guess that's it in the sense of the Oscar-wise. I mean, I hate watching the Oscars. I put it on pause, went back and forth between that and the Big Bang Theory. Because I got to say, though, they did keep it moving, which was good. It was kind of brilliant not having a host. That that worked. And uh, I also got to say that Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, uh, that was an interesting one. They just, somebody won an award, it finished, then they push this piano on stage, this crew, and you're like, what's happening? Why is the crew there? And then Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper just get up from the front row and get to the piano and start singing. That was kind of cool. They did a good job. The rest of those songs are absolutely horrid. I mean, just boring and slow and bad. God damn. It's an embarrassment that uh, it's like you just know the Oscars are from a different stone age. It's like they almost got the Grammys right. I mean, I can barely sit through that, but at least they seem to recognize what's happening now and for a younger generation, whereas it's very clear the Oscars are set in another planet. And So I was on uh, the Opie and uh, Dave show on Thursday, 
and we had a really good time. I mean, a really good time. I, I, I'm sorry, Anthony and Dave, not Opie. Sorry, Anthony Kumia. And uh, we had a great time just talking about movies and stuff. And I remember I was saying it just like last year. I was really saying again because I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like, you know, if you give Roma the Oscar, you're just asking for trouble. I mean, it's like if you haven't all the, you know, you got all these black people on stage. You got Spike Lee. You got this congressman coming up. He's telling you about the struggles of the black people. That's what they do. They get up. They talk about the struggles, the struggles, the struggles. Meanwhile, it's hard to hear about a guy's struggles when they're wearing a tuxedo. I know uh, they've gotten for you. Have to look at the, you know, where they've gotten to. But whatever. Um, and I, you know, you can appreciate it. But the fact of the matter is, you can't um, really concentrate on it when the, you know, the president of the Oscars is the whitest guy I've ever seen in my life. And remember, so what I was saying on that show was that all that controversy and black controversy that they had that particular year or the year before could have all been solved by just making Get Out the best picture of the year. And then everything would have gone away, kind of, you know, mostly. Uh, But maybe they did that by nominating Green Book or having Green Book, but... Basically, it's kind of funny because the Ferrelli brothers, who are white, got up and said, if it wasn't for Viggo Mortensen, the white guy, we couldn't have made this movie. So I don't know. Like I said, if you made Black Panther the best picture, then you you solve two problems in one fell swoop. You solve your black uh, problem with everybody complaining. I know that sounds horribly racist, but you know I'm serious. Uh, you know, they they do complain. They do complain. All right, everything I sound sounds horrible. And you solve your superhero movie problem which sooner or later you know because they took out the best the most popular which they were going to add another award so you you solve all your problems by having black panther win i know you can't fix it but i'm just saying you do solve a lot of problems you solve like it's a popular movie it's the highest grossing movie of the year it's just, i mean sooner or later a superhero movie is going to have to win because they, they they make too many a year for them at some point not to win. So at least it was, you know, nominated for best picture. It was like when Star Wars was nominated for best picture. And people were like, what? But how could you not nominate it? Should it have won? Probably in many ways. But that was the year Annie Hall and Saturday Night Fever were there. And what are you going to do? I mean, really, Saturday Night Fever probably should have won because it's a complete statement of the times. But it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's badass. It must have been. But if you're going to let Midnight Cowboy win Best Picture, you can have Saturday Night Fever. So, again, I'm always saying you should have a Best Picture that's a sign of the times. Um, Green Book isn't that. Uh, none of the movies that were nominated this year would be. Uh, I was always saying that when The Social Network was on, I would I would like a movie to win that's a sign of the times. Like, I'm glad Spotlight won that year, you know, because that makes sense. It's like, yeah, we're dealing with a lot of priests that are molesting young boys, and uh, we're we gotta. This is smart. And then when you go through the lists of Oscars through the years, you see like Spotlight won. Yeah, that was a critical time for that to win. If you if the Social Network had won, because nobody remembers from year to year. If you see the Social Network, like, oh, that's right, that's when the Facebook craze was happening. That makes a lot of sense. But uh, you know, that's why Saturday Night Fever would have been a good choice. I. Th- I don't even know whether, I think it was not, I know John Travolta was nominated, but uh, I think it was nominated. But I mean, listen, 
Annie Hall kicked ass. And I'm not going to say that Annie Hall shouldn't have won because it's goddamn brilliant. And he changed comedy movies the way they're made, the way romance movies were made. I mean, he changed filmmaking and making Annie Hall. And it's unbelievable that the Academy recognized something like that when they usually do not, especially a comedy. But how forward and adult and the topics that were brought up were just as important as uh, a time capsule of Saturday Night Fever. You know, Annie Hall will always hold up because if it's what it talks about, you know, in relationships. So Annie Hall will always be relevant. You know, some of the, a couple of the jokes might not because they might be, you know, uh, 40 years old, but most of the jokes still completely hold up. Um, so excellent choice for best picture. I don't think we'll ever see the likes of it again. And again, I say, uh, you know, I mean, if you just vote get out, at, uh, we had all this conversation last year. I mean, and, and you have, Here's a guy who reinvented the horror genre with comedy and horror and racial and social issues. My God, has that not went? No, we'll never remember because uh, Shape of Water, right? Ugh. I mean, that's, uh, I hate them all. But Green Book's good choice. I didn't, it's the one I didn't see, of course. But uh, they gave Roma everything else, best foreign film, best director, best cinematographer, just like we saw. Um, that actress was there. She'll never, we'll never see her again, I assume. But, um, you know, otherwise it just uh, it went through and everything was fine. And I was really hoping that, uh, boy, that girl from Roma, the, the one who's supporting, the one that plays the mother, she's unbelievably hot in person. I mean, you know, just seeing her in the thing, I, boy, I had no idea how pretty she I mean, I knew she was pretty in the movie, but... And then this Olivia Coleman. I'm telling you, she was okay in the movie. There were, there were no good... There were no special performances this year, you know? There was no special performance. I'm trying to think. I mean, quite frankly, that that... I know I want to stop talking about it, but... That black guy in Get Out, you know, the lead guy, I mean, he was really goddamn good. There were no special performances. Olivia Colm was okay. I didn't see the Glenn Close one. I mean, you know, we're just not going to see the likes of a Hannibal Lecter again, I think, for a long time. It's very rare when something like that comes up. You know when that's going to come up again? When Dave Juskow is nominated for an Oscar. When Dave Juskow is due... And somebody's going to have a Hannibal Lecter-like performance that year, and they'll be like, well, why didn't Dave Juskow win that year? Well, that was the year of Hannibal Lecter. Are you kidding? You're not going to beat that. Oh, please. It's like, um, how come Patrick Ewing never won a championship? Are you kidding? He was in the the era of Michael Jordan. Nobody's going to win. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I guess let's go to the show right um oh you know what you know let me do this um our our good podcast pal gabriel noel um from canada like uh sctv and it's over we open with the uh sctv godfather thing because uh it's just so funny and 
you know, we've been chatting on Twitter about uh, somebody brought up, uh, maybe it was Tommy, about um, just doing like 10 best SCTV clips or whatever, but I don't even know if I could pick them and I'm not sure if anybody cares. I mean, for me, I mean, last week was I just, or two weeks ago, I was just playing those clips and I was like, is any, when I listen back, I'm like, is anybody liking this? My sister calls, she's like, oh, I listen to your podcast on the way to drive uh, lives at a school and uh, it was just funny because you were laughing. I'm like, oh. yeah, I don't know whether anybody gets it, you know, because you can't see it. Um, I still think the audio is funny, but anyway, Gabriel was uh, kind enough to take our favorite song from the podcast, which of course is Big John, Little John, and he put it on uh, YouTube, and it's a, it's a uh, a Nightfly tribute uh, that you can see on um, YouTube. Uh, the, it's called the Nightfly with Dave Jesco, promotional video parody, and he does the uh, you know an animated version of Big John, Little John, um, and he he made up some lyrics. Just gal's got a problem, as you can plainly see. One minute he's 30, next he's 53. Spotcast keeps a changing before our very eyes. Was a spread that had his name, and now it's the Nightfly. What's it all about? Network TV shows and the surgeries to fix his hair and nose. It's cause there isn't a fountain of youth from which he can take a swig. Cause if there were, he'd find another way to try and make it big. But if he did, that podcast of his would surely not exist. And he'd have to find another way to meet Robbie Wrist. Ah, thank you, Gabriel. That's so nice. And uh, it's a really funny video. It's just animated. Uh, I think I, I think you made me look like Anthony Cumia in that, but uh, I'll take it. And um, it's really funny and it's really cute. And, you know, we love that song. And um, every word is true. But what are you going to do? If there was a fountain of youth, and I've told you this before, if there was a fountain of youth, if I could go back in time, I know I'd still end up here. I think I am just not smart enough to change things up. I don't know what I would do different. I mean, I would try one thing, and I still think it wouldn't work out. You know? I don't know. Sure would like to try, though. You know, just to see. You know, a glimpse. Um, But I've thought about this a hundred times, and I'm pretty sure even if I could go back and tell my high school self stuff, I still wouldn't even know what to say. I don't even know what I'd be like. I don't do this. I I don't even know what I would be talking about. I don't even know what I'd tell myself to, hey, a good way to get ahead is not to gamble. Well, that's something. Well, that could be something. Although, like I said, I quit gambling a couple years ago, and it didn't change a damn thing. So I started gambling again. But it sure would be good not to. All right, let's get to the show. Um, the show uh, at the Village Underground. Uh, I want to tell you one thing first, though. So 
Yeah, I guess I'll tell you this. Um, I you know I was gonna use this girl. Should I mention names? I don't. I yeah. What the hell? I was gonna use this girl Keanu that I used on my birthday. Uh, show. I like her. She's really pretty. We get along. Sometimes we fool around. You know, whatever, whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying? She's very nice. Um, and, and I like her, but I've never seen her comedy or anything. I can only imagine, you know, because knowing where she performs, that she can't be that good. But maybe, you know, she's just starting out, so she'll be better. And I got to see her at some point. Because then I'll decide, you know, I'll be like, no, I can never use her again. It's just horrible, you know, because sometimes when somebody's that bad, you know. So anyway, I had her on the show and she was going to be giving out the the Jusky Awards and then be in my uh, Bohemian Rhapsody sketch. <clears throat> and so I get a call from Rick Chrome, you know, who is the um, the MC of my shows, plays the piano, you know, you know, Rick, we love Rick. And he calls me and he says, he says, can you, I'm, I, I guess I'm not going to mention this guy's name. He says, "Can hey, what about putting this guy on, this guy? I'm not going to mention his name yet. Um, he says, why don't you put this guy in? And, and for some reason, seeing this guy's name, I, I flipped out. This is last week, and I flipped out. It was a Friday night. I flipped. I'm like, why Why are you saying that? He's like, no, he does a lot of imitations. I'm like, why are you bringing this guy up? Now, I've never met this guy that he mentioned. I've never met him. I've only seen things of his online, the way he looks and and the the girls he hangs out with, and he's like around, and 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 I don't know what it is, but there's something about him that skeeves me, and I cannot tell you what it is. It is an instinctive feeling of just this guy is a bag of crap, and I don't even know why, but. I don't have to worry. I haven't met him. Maybe if I do meet him one day, who cares? So, uh, so Rick says this guy, you know, this guy is kidding. And I'm like, why are you bringing him up? And, and, and then he goes, well, he's going out with Keanu. And I'm like, what, what, what is happening here? He is. I don't know anything about that. And then I texted Keanu and he's, she's like, well, you know, I don't use labels. He's not my boyfriend or whatever. And I'm like, ew, ew. And in this thing, I've never met this guy. But it's bothering me. It's bothering me. And then I'm saying to myself, is it bothering me that she has a boyfriend? Or is it bothering me that it's this guy? So the more I think about it, it's like, no, it's this guy. And I swear to God, if he comes to the show, it's going to piss me off. So I called. No, no. So then... I got a call from my friend Chris, who, you know, works at the clubs, the lesser clubs. I'm, you know, if I can just be honest. And I said, do you know this guy? And he, and he there's a pause. And he goes, oh, Jesus, this fucking guy. Like, like everything I was feeling was correct. He's some form of kind of scumbag and uh, a player and a poser and... I don't know what his act's like, but I'm assuming it's bad because he has to use other tactics to get on. And then I'm saying to myself, maybe when I was his age, maybe I was like that too. But I was still funny, I think. So maybe this guy is. I don't know. But my friend confirmed that he's a little creepy. So I was right. So then I called Rick and I'm like, what is the deal? Why are you shoving this guy? And I know Rick is gay. 
And he says that this guy's not gay. We know that he's going out with Keanu stuff, but I'm pretty sure he's gay. Again, what do I care? I don't care that he's gay, but he is sleeping with these girls. And, you know, I mean, how many Bohemian Rhapsodies got you got to see where these girls are going to be like, wait, you're gay? You know, like it's, you know, it's, I mean, I, I guess I feel he's lying to them. So that's the bad part. You know, nobody cares if he's gay, but obviously he's got his hand in Rick as well, you know, metaphorically, I'm saying, um, that Rick was like, you know, I mean, this kid's young. And, you know, I fall for the same thing with girls. So, you know, he was just like, I'm sorry that riled you up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going Why do you like this guy or whatever? You know, and we had this talk and whatever. And then I guess he must have told Keanu or something because she texted me because I was like, what should I do? Should I get rid of her? Because it's really, really bugging me. Like, I, now I don't want her around. Because maybe this kid will show up. And for some reason, I can't have him there. It's All this stupid nonsense is driving me crazy. But And because I don't perform very often, I need to feel comfortable when I'm doing a show. I need to be surrounded by people I like and love. <clears throat> like Rick. Like Mateo. You know, like Joe Mackey. Like all the people we had on the show. You know what I mean? So she texts me and she goes, I just want you to know that I had nothing to do with telling Rick for you to use this guy. And then because she texted me first, I just said, hey, you know what? Why don't we just forget about Tuesday and, you know, we'll talk about it some other time. And she's like, what? Um, I said, would you mind? Let's just not do Tuesday. And I'm sure it shocked her because, you know, what's the problem? But this is the second time with her that I've had an issue with something that she's like, this wasn't my fault. Now, I believe her that it wasn't her fault, but this is the second time. Remember, in my birthday, she had called and she goes, I'm <clears throat> sorry, my voice is, um, let me take a drink. She says, um, yeah, maybe I can get some stage time or something. And I'm like, what? And then she told me later that it was this idiot, Alan, her co-star in the uh, This Week in Sex podcast or something, that told her, like, you know, he's, I told you all this already, that, you no, know, don't listen to him. He's going to want you to seat people and stuff. And this guy was out of his goddamn mind. And he was in her head. And that's why she asked for time, which was ridiculous. So I said, this is the second time it happened. And she didn't even remember. So... It was ridiculous that I got rid of her, but then I was like feeling so much better. So it was the right thing to do, even though it's weird, it's crazy, it's a crazy person thing, but if it makes me feel better and I'm not all, you know, locked up about the show, then, you know, what are you going to do? That works for me. It's, it's, un it's uncomfortable. It's, uh, it's too bad. I haven't spoken to her since, but so here's the thing. I was thinking about put her, putting her on this final four show, you know, I'm trying to get four comics. The people I'm thinking of are Sheba Mason, right? This is Jackie Mason's daughter. You know, I figured Sheba, I gotta, I gotta do your salad. I gotta put you on the show. You're gonna see what's gonna happen. I mean, she doesn't perform in the cellar. I mean, she's horrible. She's a nice person and everything, but she's crazy. And the reason I don't put her up at other things, even though she's been nothing but nice to me, put me on shows when I need stuff, is she blows the light, you know, which is unacceptable, especially here at the cellar. But I'm going to give everybody two minutes. 
So the final four would be, so Sheba, Keanu, right? I've never seen her act. I'm like, all right, if you got four minutes, you could take this chance. You will be judged by the audience. The audience will judge. I was thinking about using this guy, Steve Rogers, who was uh, <clears throat> who opens for Brian Regan and uh, was helping me write some stuff for a while. And then um, that girl, the Margot, who uh, is the old lady that I, uh, you know, uh, uh, extorted uh, to get money out of <laughs> at that time. But uh, I don't know. I thought maybe these people would be a good four people to have. I kind of know them because I don't know who else to go. I mean, should I be a dick and just go to these clubs and pick somebody? Hey, kid, I got a proposition for you. You know, I mean, that's kind of fun too. maybe go out all next week and find four people that maybe would be interested. But that's the plan is they have two and two. We have two two people do two minutes apiece. Then we have a professional in between. Then we have two minute two people do two minutes apiece professional, and then we have the championship. Then and then somebody becomes the national champion, and Mateo sings one shining moment, and that's a show. That's a show. I think the audience would like to see uh, a bunch of unknowns uh, take a chance. They get two minutes apiece, and then they get two minutes if they make it to the national championship. Is that a good idea? I think it is a good idea. I think you got to pick the right people though. I mean, I'm not going to pick professionals and have them judged. So I don't know. This is what I'm thinking. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, another way to do it would just be to pick four of the hottest girls in comedy that I know that are horrible, but just like, but that would be ridiculously sexist, um, but hilarious. I could have completely done that in the 90s, um, but of course they didn't have this caliber of uh, women doing comedy at that time, so you could not do it. But I can think of four girls off the top of my head that I would love to ask to be on the show uh, because they're so hot. And then almost just be like, see, you stink at comedy. You only get spots because you're hot, which, of course, it's also sexist. But you just almost want to tell them, boy, you're horrible. And this is a good way. See, the audience hates you. Um. But that's uh, so. Let's get to the show that happened on Tuesday. The Juskies. We're a world of comedy, and we are here. We are ready to begin. I think we're all ready. The celebrities are in place. Are we ready to go? All right. Let's see. Here we go. It's very exciting, isn't it? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Juskies. <laughs> Your guests, Ryan Hamilton, Joe Mackey, Nikki Glazer, Greer Barnes, and a cast of thousands. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please join us in this huge celebration as we put together a legendary array of songs that have been nominated through the years. Ladies and gentlemen, from the motion picture, New York, New York, please welcome living druggy legend, Miss Liza Minnelli. <laughs> so excited. Start spreading the news. I love spreading. I'm leaving. 
Okay, you know who lies is. I'll make a brand new start of it. In all New York, ha, these vagabond shoes and my little town A brand, a brand new start of it. <laughs> In all hallelujah. I can make it there. I'm gonna make it anywhere. It's up to you. Hello. From the Spielberg classic E.T., here's the man himself, Mr. Neil Diamond. Turn on your hot light, let it shine wherever you go, let it make a happy glow for all the world to see. Take a ride across the moon. I can't wait. <laughs> you and me. I'll turn on your hotline now. Thank you very much, everybody. Neil Diamond! From the Disney classic, The Prince of Egypt, here's Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. Why? I 
I'll take the laughter and the tears and make them all my souvenirs. And when she goes, I've got to be the meaning of my life. Well, it really reminds me of the first thing my mother said to me. She said, Liza, call an ambulance. <laughs> oh, that's... I can't play this part again. It just seems... I, I think the audience hates me. I, uh, that's the feeling I was getting, but I swear everybody said, boy, the show's going so good. I'm like, and every time somebody I'm like, it is? I guess people just forget about my parts. I think because I said... Well, I... The opening, I just, it's just, here it is. Good stuff, Liza. I got it's a real honor to work with you today at the Oscars. Has, has everybody seen the, a lot of the films that are out and Have you seen nominated? Roma? Me? Yes. I've seen a lot of Did them. Did you see Roma? Oh, that movie sucks. <laughs> People like that movie? Do you, no, right? How is that going to... So first of all, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, there is no one named Roma in the movie, so don't fall for that. <laughs> And it takes place in Mexico. I did not know that. Oh, These are two things I probably should have known going in. Maybe I would have liked it better. Well, well let me ask you this. Dude, dude, who's, who do you think is going to win? Who, who, what, the winner of the uh, Probably one of the colored pictures, you know, like what? Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book. Or... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what year is it? It's 20... You didn't say color. Oh, no, no, no. I meant black and green. That's what I meant. Black, the colors, black and green book. Man, just no laughs. People just hate that kind of shit. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Come on, that's hilarious. Yeah, nobody likes the word colored anyway. The colored people. Oh, my God. That was all the colored movies, black and green. We needed a third one in there. Maybe that would have been best. Pink Panther. Oi. I think that I remember that, and then I was just like, people hate it. <laughs> They're just so angry. But um, but here's the surprise of what happened after we finished this. Black Panther, that's what I meant. Oh, what I did see. you think I meant? I, 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 I don't know. I was talking to my uncle in 1955. Yeah, exactly. You can tell by the audience reaction. They were very uptight about that. They were very uptight. I'm excited to see Susan Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I didn't know what that means. But now let me ask you this. Yeah. Now, uh, for an Oscar, do you have a favorite? Absolutely not. That's that's that never. You have no no no. No, no, for that's us. impossible. You, there's no favorite you have. No, for absolutely not. There's oh, no way. No way that you have a favorite. Wait, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a favorite. Oh, movie. I'm talking about the movie, The Favorite. Oh, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Third base. Third base. <laughs> <laughs> These shows are horrible. But that's what the Oscars <laughs> is. That's the gag. All right. See, there's so, a movie called The Favorite, you see. Oh, maybe nobody said, knows. It doesn't. It you guys doesn't know deserve. that there's the Oscars on Sunday? Man, it doesn't really matter. I won an Oscar in 1972 for Cabaret. <laughs> Beat out The Godfather, too. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You know, I could sleep with the judges. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that all being said, listen, we are going to... Um, Bring on our first guest, and it's a it's a surprise. Rick, yes. you don't, no, 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 you don't even know. Oh, I don't know. It's new. It's a surprise guest. Oh, it's somebody I anyway. really believe you're going to enjoy very much. It is a surprise. You're going to be happy you're here at the Comedy Cellar tonight. Please welcome the legendary Judd Apatow, everybody. Yes, he's here tonight. When you think of Oscar-winning movies, you think of me. You're thinking of Walk Hard, you're thinking of Juliet Taylor, you're thinking of Celtic Pride. Guys, how are you? I feel like I'm a logical, a logical part of this evening of film. Uh, I hate to tell you, Dave, I voted, I get to vote on the Oscars, and I did it today on my phone. And uh, I hadn't seen almost any of the movies. <laughs> so yeah, Judd Apatow stopped by, so that happened, um, which was great. Because then I think everybody was just pleased. They'd, so it doesn't matter what I did. They've forgotten about me already. They're like, oh my God, Judd Apatow's here and he's telling a great story. And he told a great story about um, uh, Stormy Daniels. And he said, I've used Stormy Daniels in two movies. And... Because I get nervous about asking girls to get naked in movies, and my wife certainly doesn't like when I ask them to get naked, so it's easier to get porn stars. So she was in Knocked Up, and one day during while we were filming Knocked Up, she goes over to Seth Rogen, and she goes, hey, you're not going to believe this. I just fucked Donald Trump. <laughs> so he says, like, you know, if this goes to trial or something, they're going to have to subpoena Seth Rogen on the stand. And then he did a Seth Rogen imitation. It was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, so he was there. Then we were talking after... Which was nice because oh, and then I I made you know I gave every, I gave out Jusky Awards. It's actually a, a a thing, and I made one for him. I'm picking up tomorrow. And I'm going to give to him so that way if he's ever interviewed with a bunch of awards in the back, maybe there'll be the Jusky will be over there. So it'll be uh, epic, epic. So Judd Apatow and I were were talking, and I bought him on stage. And then tomorrow I got to go to work and get reprimanded because I make it made a girl cry at the office. That's my life. It's one day. I'm talking with Judd Apatow, we're talking about Crash, we're talking about the Oscars, I bring him up on stage and we're hugging and shaking hands, I'm giving, you know, we we talk, we know each other uh, pretty well at this point, and then the next day I go to work and get reprimanded. This is my life. This is a strange life that I don't think anyone else I know leads, which technically this should be really the greatest podcast ever because it's just so goddamn strange. I guarantee 
Nobody else's life that you know is like that. It's just so strange. But I was so happy that he came because then right there, I know the show's perfect. Even if every other comic bombed, it doesn't matter because everybody's going to go back and, oh, we saw Judd Apatow. I I think that's a big deal. I don't know. Uh, To somebody who's 22, I'm going to still say yes. I'm going to still say yes. He did produce Girls. So I don't know. That's something, right? Some people seem to like. Um, And then we did the stuff, uh, you know, where we, uh, it just got worse and worse. I think really every time I went up, it was just bad. Yeah, I just wanted to say nice things about Judd. It was very nice of him yeah. to come in and he's say hello. Nice. Yeah, he's all right. He's an all right guy. And he's made a little coin in the business, which is nice. You know, it's like, yeah, made a little noise. A couple of bucks. Yeah. All right, I guess we can go back to the thing, right? I... Well, I'm so glad you, you stopped the energy. <laughs> I panicked. We're going to go and boom, I, right I, I think my prop. Like, oh, let's stop and chat for a little bit. All right. What's wrong with that? Sometimes right. people need a break. All right. All right, here we go. All right, now we'll continue All with right, the All right, back bits. it up on the table. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to present the award to our first comic tonight, please welcome Ms. Kristen Chenoweth and two-time Academy Award winner, Michael Kane. <laughs> Hello, I'm Michael Kane. The nominees for first comic are... Wait, Michael, Michael! <laughs> you can't just come up here and start announcing. A woman has to get warmed up a bit. You know, maybe send her flowers or something. <laughs> I, I wrote it for Kristen. You're absolutely right. This is our teleprompter, by the way. Um, wh- what would you like to talk about? Well, how was it working on Batman? What? So, you say Batman? Is that what you said? Yes. Well, I will say, Christian Bale is out of his bloody gore. But he's so different in all of his roles. Well, that's what they say about me. No, they don't. Excuse me, but have you ever heard my American accent in the Cider House Rules? Was it good? It was unbelievable. I won my second Oscar for that. Do your American accent now. (laughs) All right, this is my American accent. Good night, all you princes of Maine, you kings of New England. Did you see the difference? No. Well, it, it was there. That's because you're a Broadway actress. You don't know how the movies work. That's right, and you can go fuck yourself. I don't think that's on the cards. <laughs> and the first comic... <clears throat> I think I need the envelope. <laughs> what is this? Okay. It's going great. introduction <laughs> so we gave everybody an award sophia our friend our british friend sophia came up and uh handed us the envelope and an award and we gave them out it was in the long run did it work probably not uh it was kind of weird but i think the comics actually really liked getting the awards like i think they really 
they liked it, I think, because I engraved their names on it. It says Ryan Hamilton, 2019 Jusky Award winner. So I don't know, you know, whatever. It's something different. You try some things, you work it out. Um, I don't know, nothing was working. But like I said, the comics were good. That's the important thing. Um, and of course, we did a couple of sketches. We did the, the the Bohemian Rhapsody sketch. And Dave Jusko. And now, let's take a look at some of the movies nominated this year. With a scene from Bohemian Rhapsody, here's Remy Malik and Lucy Boynton. Freddie, what's wrong? I had a fight with the band today, baby. They were worried that we had sold the van for money. And what did you tell them? I said, don't be so dramatic, darling. We're recording an album tonight. How exciting. Yes, and we got into a huge fight that we were recording. I said, children, please, we could all murder each other, but then who would be left to record this album? Oh, smashing, darling. And how did the boys react to that? Oh, they didn't like that one bit, baby. Why the hell would you say something like that? They said, I said, Roger, there's only room for in this band for one hysterical queen, Mary. You know what I'm talking about. Actually, I have no idea what you're talking about. And honestly, it all sounds pretty gay. No, I have no idea what you mean, darling. Say it. Say it. Say what love of my life, darling woman, I have sex with constantly. Just say it. You're gay. Mary, this is shocking. How could you possibly think that? Nobody's going to care. Just say it. I'm Dave Juskow, and I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying what everyone was thinking. Bohemian Rhapsody, everybody! God, these are torture to listen back to. I should never play it, because as far as you're concerned, it was like, oh, it was a great show, I wish I could have gone. And then you hear this, and you're just like, oh, God. But you know what? (laughs) Who gives a shit? It's funny either way. Here's our Vice sketch. It's an okay imitation. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's pretty good. We doing the next one? Yeah, I guess. All right. I don't know. Do you want to see the next one? Or should we just drop all these bits and just bring everybody out? <laughs> Do you want to see the Vice sketch? Okay, we, we... Has anybody seen any of these movies? <laughs> No one's seen Bohemian Rhapsody because that imitation was pretty good. I thought. Pretty good. It was pretty did you like on. it? Did you think Judd Apatow guy? Did you like it at all? Because <laughs> he looks a little like it. I thought he moved over to the. <laughs> he can go wherever he wants. So, all right, we'll do the vice sketch. It's short. Right. We'll get it over with. And then... All right. And now, I, I'm We're all be... having a good time anyway. We're all drinking and having a good time. The wings here are unbelievable. That's really the important thing. Oh, you ready? Okay. Now I have to do the announcer bit. Oh, sorry. Now, please welcome. <laughs> Christian Bale and Sam Rockwell as Cheney and Bush in a scene from Vice. Oh, yeah. I could have moved over. You could have moved over. Sorry. So listen, I got a lack of experience problem in the polls, and you're the most experienced guy around. You want to jump on board and be my vice? Although, most importantly, you want some brisket? I don't want any brisket. Teresa, can we have some brisket? I don't want any brisket. So, what do you think? VP or what? I'm very honored. Don't be honored. Fucking bitch. Say yes. Mr. Bryce Tax. I have to say no at this time. You know what? You, you, you can say no to brisket. This is... I can't this fucking thing. You know what you can say, say no to? 
I think people get this that. This is we're the kind of melts down your mouth. You're gonna, I, don't, I, I told you I did the father. I didn't do the son. <laughs> this was George I Herbert Walker. You're doing Bush. a good I job. Do it. It's a pretty good job. All George. right. All right. Well, here we go again. This is the kind of melts in your mouth. You're going to love it. Wait, how old are you again? And I'm only at because you ate the butterscotch candy, so that's why I was surprised. I'm 62 in March. unwrapping a butterscotch candy. I said, oh, tell me what age you are so I know when that begins. <laughs> and I know what I have to... What? No, we all know how it is. You were unwrapping that thing for like a half hour. Yes, and I'm using it as a suppository. What else do you want to know? <laughs> Let's finish the sketch. Okay. From I don't want any fucking brisket. I don't want any fucking brisket. <laughs> Get him the burnt one, Teresa. I said, I don't want any brisket. What's your problem, man? I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm going to be a Batman, too, buddy. If I don't win, heck, I'll just be the commissioner of baseball. Am I right? <laughs> well, <laughs> you want some slaw with that brisket? Are there raisins in it? Yeah. Yeah, all right, I guess so. Vice, everybody. Vice, everybody. tribute to Should I edit this stuff out? I leave it on because, uh, you know, what else are we doing? What are we, what are we doing? Hey, listen. I got any iced tea? <laughs> oh, my. And then, oh, I think after that we had, oh, my God, we had Mateo. Mateo does an unbelievable Joe Mackey imitation, but unfortunately because Mateo had to go, which was the other bad news I had gotten that Friday, um, early he couldn't go after joe mackie which would have been funnier so he went before so he even says you know in three minutes this will be funny so let's see what he uh you're not gonna believe it it's unbelievable all right you bring on the i'm leaving all right right now ladies and gentlemen after that stellar sketch please welcome Joe Mackey! This is Mateo as Joe Mackey. He's amazing. Uh, 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 hi, hi, hey, gang. Uh, I, I'm Joe Mackey. Uh, many, many times when life gives you lemons, uh, I suggest eating oranges. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm a little awkward, but... But I know you're going to like me, so uh, without further ado, let's open up the envelope. This is going to be really funny in about three minutes. Let's hear the next comic's voice. So from The Tonight Show and Conan O'Brien, give it up for the real Joe Mackey. It's fucking flawless. I don't sound anything like that guy. <laughs> it's, it's a bad impression. I'm sorry to, to ruin this, this award show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, that, Joe Mackey needs to become uber famous so Mateo can go on tour just doing that voice. It's perfect. My God. Jesus Christ, that's so funny. Yeah, somebody told me he did it, so I just put it in because I'm like, that that was brilliant. But of course, if it had gone after, it would have been funnier, but it was still good because I got the big laugh as soon as Joe got up there. And then the people that didn't get what was going on certainly got it after. So that was kind of fun. 
But I think that's uh, all we need to play for today, and I probably shouldn't have even played that much because it's so stupid. I mean, I guess, you know, there's not that um, much to do. So um, so I guess the thing is, um, I think that I think we covered everything, right? Because took over the next show. Oh, oh, um, a couple other things. First of all, uh, Valentine's Day got very depressed again. Now, you know, every year on Valentine's Day, when you're single, I, I, I always say to myself, um, okay, next year, I'm going to make sure I definitely have a date. And it's funny, it just comes around. And this is why I stopped going to Temple, too, because then I realized, like, every year I was at, I'm like, all right, next year, I'm gonna, it's going to be different when I'm here. The problem is with these yearly events, it's just a reflection. It's like Passover comes coming up. And I'm like, all right, next year, things are going to be different. And then you're here again. It's the same thing. It just keeps going and going. It's such a disaster. I was so depressed. I have just been completely eating depression eating. And I really want to get over it badly. But something is wrong. I don't know. I, I got to start exercising. I mean, I know it's so easy to say, but I was planning on doing that starting this weekend, and I just, I don't know, I got very confused, but I, I know I can pick it up again. I know I can pick it up again. I know Rachel and I are talking about doing it, which will be great. Um, oh, my God, there was another comic who died yesterday. This guy, Brody Stevens, who's a great guy. He hung himself. All these comics are dying. It's really messed up. He was a terrific guy. He was a legendary warm-up guy. I don't mean, maybe that's why he killed himself, because... You know, being known as the greatest warm-up guy is not that great a thing. Um, you know, you want you, you you start your life out wanting to be a comedian or something else, and then you're just known as the great warm-up guy for like you know, for shows and movies and stuff, movies, but for sitcoms and stuff. And I guess he had just had it, but he was a really lovely guy, and everybody seemed to like him. And um, another tragedy in the world of comedy because and I say this, you know, as I'm depressed, I don't have any plans. Today to kill myself, but I'm 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 not planning on it. But um, it's so easy to do. It's just so funny. It's not funny at all, actually. But these these comics, we we're all very very depressed, and uh, it's all covered in comedy, and mostly not even covered in comedy. It's covered in the fact that you're performing. So you just you know you're you're professional and you perform no matter what you have going on in your life. I mean, think about, when I, sometimes I look at some of these TV shows, uh, the old, like like the Brady Bunch, great example. Today, I saw the Johnny Bravo one. I mean, goddamn if that ain't a classic. Uh, the one where Greg fits the suit. Uh, first episode of the, first, of the fifth season, last season, right? Again, Sherwood Schwartz using just playmates, the girl that tells him to come in and, you know, audition for Johnny Bravo. I mean, this girl's so hot. And, you know, I told you, I looked it all up. They're all playmates. They have a bunch of girls come rip his clothing. They're all hot. Sherwood Schwartz was no idiot. But you remember, you've, we've all heard over the years that Robert Reed was so angry and miserable and feuding all the time. And it's funny because you look for that in these shows and you can't find any trace of it. When he was on and when a lot of these people are on when they're fighting on shows or Roseanne or whatever you hear stuff. People don't get along. Uh, moonlighting is a great example. Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis. And you heard about the fighting all the time, but you can you can't see it in the show. Uh, they're you know they're professionals when they're working. It's all business, and that's uh, that's that's kind of good. And I think that's the same with comics. You're just never going to know who's going. You, that's the problem with suicide is you, you usually just know too late. 
uh, because people usually act a different way in front of you. You know, it's never the people that are like, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. Those people never kill themselves like me. It's the people you just don't see coming that are uh, problematic. Uh, I did see something hilarious. You know, a lot of times when I watch stuff like Roma, so I watch Roma and it's pretty fucked up. You know, a lot of it's messed up. It's not, it's not a happy uh, movie. Uh, So after I see something like that or Black Mirror or something that's, you know, a little creepy, uh, unbreakable or something. I usually watch an episode of Fuller House after on Netflix, you know, just to kind of wind down. It's the perfect thing. Then I can go to bed, you know, just relax a little bit. And last week I was watching an episode. I know it's ridiculous. And they were on a cruise and Lee Majors and who's the bionic woman? Uh, Jamie Summers. uh, What's her name? Uh, Lindsay Wagner were on, were on the show. Not as each other, but they were playing different characters, but they were so old, but they were together. And it was exciting. They just were making, oh, the three girls were trying to be Charlie's Angel. I guess that was the gag. I have no idea if they even know who those two are, but they were on. uh, And that was, it was exciting. (laughs) I know it's stupid, but Lee Majors did the the run, you know, in the slow motion with the sound and everything. And there's some sort of jewel thief. And Lindsay Wagner, um, you know, although she's old, she still looked pretty good. I always thought she was really, really pretty. And uh, they're just funny together. I don't know whether they're friends. I didn't even know Lee Majors was still doing anything. I was glad to see him doing stuff. Uh, I would put him in everything I ever did. Lee Majors is a goddamn genius. He's the best. Uh, I was glad somebody used him. I wonder who decided that that would be a good plan. That Fuller House is so strange. It's You can see why I like it. Why would the bionic man and woman be on a show like that, which clearly is just for children, that they couldn't possibly know? It's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm doing an imitation of Bohemian Rhapsody that apparently nobody in that audience had seen. So Fuller House, even the kids who are on that show, I'm talking about that are 40, they, they might not even know. I mean, DJ might not know who the $6 million man is. She should know. But maybe she doesn't. Certainly her kids who are in that show don't know. They don't care. So if all these shows are doing stuff like that, that's just made for me, I guess either somebody like me is making them or watching them. They can't know I'm watching them. But maybe they do do it for the parents. Maybe they know parents are watching. I don't know. But meanwhile, parents even of that age who would have kids who are watching it are probably too young to know who the $6 million man is. So I don't know how he gets on that show, but I was uh, pretty happy about it. I remember I was going to tell you guys about it because it was, uh, you know, exciting. But only for me and, you know, a couple of us who love this podcast and love what we do. I guess that is our show for today. The late night Oscar special obviously had to uh, play it after the Oscars, but at least we want some money back. So it's not too depressing, and then we'll figure it out after uh, whatever. And So next week, um, probably just a regular show, and then the week after that, as far as I know, Amy Heckerling is coming out. I, I don't know. You know, anything could get mixed up. I don't know what's going to happen, but that is the plan. I'm still amazed that that could happen at all. And after we get her, and she's kind of my white whale, I guess, I don't know. That's why I think I haven't scheduled anybody else, because I... I can't handle it. You know, maybe we'll have Adam Schlesinger back because uh, Peter Tork just died. 
Although, I, don't, I mean, I'd love to have Adam back anyway, but I'm just saying, uh, yeah, Peter Tork died too over the last week, and uh, I'm watching some monkeys today too. And he obviously was pretty sick. We can hear it in that last album and stuff. But uh, so there's two monkeys left, and uh, I, I guess that's the end of those albums, which is too bad because they were so good. I don't think you can do another one with just two of them, right? It wouldn't be right. Even though Mickey Dolenz does all the songs, so I don't know, whatever. Oh my God, this can be, this podcast became totally depressing all of a sudden at the last end of the last part of it. But anyway, that's the story and uh, lots of fun stuff to get to uh, as the months progress. And uh, there's nothing going to be better than the uh, Amy Hegelig interview, of course. So maybe I'll just end the whole podcast series after that. I mean, how are we going to top that? How are we going to top that? No, but we can. We can. We always have a good time. We always have good people on it. And we'll have another one at the cellar or something like that. Whatever. We always make it fun and make it interesting. You can choose to listen or not listen, but I'm always going to bring it to you. It's the Nightfly, everybody, with me, Dave Jeskow. And I just hope everybody has a wonderful week and a great march. And let's 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 march into spring, shall we? <laughs> the comedy continues. And remember the big show, March 26th, the final four show. So there's lots of stuff going on technically in the world of Dave Jeskow. And then yet, of course, there is not. So anyway, that's all the story there is today. And we will see you next week. On the Light Fly with Dave Jones, everybody. Good night.